Welcome to this week's podcast of Live Transformed. I'm Bob Meissner. And I'm Audrey Meissner. Hey, Jim. Welcome. Good to be here, hey. man. I'm glad to be doing this. We're going to help a lot of people with this. I know, That's and I just want to say right. to everyone out there, when I want to introduce Dr. Jim Richards, I just say he's one of my very favorite people in the whole wide world. What? <laughs> <laughs> you are that guy. We, You are our favorite big brother, Jim. We love you. Oh, yeah. Jim, you have been so influential, you know, in yeah. our in our lives, but I value so much, you know, our friendship and you, oh, yeah. and your love for us personally and for our family. And, you know, you love, you know, one of the greatest ways that you love me is in loving my kids. Yeah. And I just, I see that and really feel that from you. So, wow. What, oh, yeah. What a warm beginning here yeah, we've got but it is feely. i really do i'm feeling all warm and fuzzy now <laughs> yeah. and uh and your your wife brenda your entire family they are the best yeah we really love it and we're continuing on week two on loving life within us because you know we all want to love life around us everyone wants to love their life around us but it starts with loving life within us and so as we started this series last week i just loved our episode you like that. and i just want to say to our listeners man if you missed last week just mm-hmm. go back and listen to it you're gonna love it um but I love how we got started with the life matrix and introducing what that looks like. It was intriguing to me. We, we, we started, you know, speaking about, you know, all types of things, you know, with regards to respect, uh, with regards to, you know, finding value, uh, even uh, bringing a proper definition of love, you know, that the, because the core value that we all share is to have the, the truth of our identity, the truth of our value, the truth of our worth. And uh, then, Jim, you began to introduce the concept of, of a matrix, mm-hmm. and you began to yeah. define what a matrix was. And so I, I, I would like you to start just by, again, uh, redefining that word matrix and why you chose to use it in, def- in uh, titling this sure. series. Well, you know, uh, a, a matrix is an arrangement of parts that show how they're interconnected. It's a substance in which something is embedded or is or is enclosed. It's uh, it, it's it's basically the the place where all data is organized, all thoughts, beliefs are organized, and so so we all have a life matrix, and and. This matrix, this core from which we interpret all data, organize all data, uh, it interprets everything that comes in, it determines everything that goes out, is is the core of our beliefs. You know, the Bible talks about this, about the heart. And, you know, I'm just, uh, really, we're, we're talking about the heart, but, but sometimes when you use terms like the heart, people go to some places that are non-functional it doesn't mm-hmm. give them any way to get in touch with what you're talking about but see the heart is more about identity than it is anything else you know there we have a lot of individualized compartmentalized beliefs what do i believe about money what do i believe about uh dogs you know what yeah. do i believe about cats what do i you know yeah and so we have all these compartmentalized beliefs but the our global beliefs the beliefs that affect every single thing that we do are a result of the beliefs of the heart. Mm-hmm. And the beliefs of the heart uh, began 
with who we believe we are. It begins with the idea of our identity. And so the goal is, is and I want people to understand the life matrix, but I also want people to understand, and they will as we go through this these broadcasts, uh, I, want, I want them to understand what they can do to change their their life matrix mm-hmm. because everything filters through that i i understand i'm starting to understand what that means that everything i experience everything i think is going through this one core headquarters almost so to speak yep. and it's deciding whether it's true if information is not true whether it's important or not important and so i'm actually experiencing life through that life matrix that you're yep. talking about and um so we do have that core headquarters situation and we think it's our brain i think that uh we think it's our intellect that is that core center Mm -hmm. but what i'm learning throughout these years of just hanging out with you and understanding heart physics and the programs that you have with heart physics is that it's not our mind this is actually much deeper than our mind our mind is just one of the aspects of the matrix you know one of the things that we understand now medically and we've always understood this biblically but science you know science always slowly catches up with the bible mm-hmm. and you know uh, our mind and our brain are not the same thing we don't think with our brain we think with our mind and uh the br- here's what the brain primarily does uh the brain is a processor that Re- releases chemicals into our body, neuro, what I call neuro or biochemicals into our body that causes us to physiologically feel uh, how we think. So if I'm angry, if I'm thinking angry ah. thoughts, then 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 my brain says, okay, then then this is this is how you want to feel. So so it attaches re- all those emotions and those feelings that go with the yep. thought. Exactly. Okay. And, and it's a chemical reaction that happens in the body. And this is why many people who don't know anything about God, don't know anything about the Bible, don't know how we were created, don't believe it, don't want to believe it. This is this is why they think, well, everything, you know, all of your emotions are just because of these neurochemicals. So if, if you're not having good emotions, you obviously just need to take some type of medicine to rebalance the chemicals in your brain. But the the real truth is you've got to change the way you think and believe. And when you change the way you think and believe, your brain's going to start releasing new neurochemicals that will make you feel consistent with how you're now thinking. Did you know that I never understood how, I know this might sound so naive, I never understood how you could have mood-altering drugs to affect like the mind and the brain. And it, those those chemicals then, if I understand you right, are not affecting the mind, but they're affecting the brain right. and what it's releasing hormones and, and all those chemicals you're talking about to match with the mind. So when you're taking these uh, prescription drugs or whatever it might be or mind altering what it's actually doing is bringing a disconnect between your mind and your brain then because you're it, yeah it's actually messing with you is that true or, or not really no that's that's 100 percent true and you know that doesn't mean i'm critical no of no no i want to be so grateful that's, that's, for that's doing yeah. that but but here's where here's where uh, here's why i have a problem is if you have to take something to help you have a better mood that's all right i get it i yeah. understand but you need to be using that time to develop 
uh, to renew your mind, develop your the beliefs of your heart, so that you don't need that. It's so it becomes only a band aid. But what most people do is they get on it and they stay on it their whole life because they never. It really helps them escape the personal responsibility of dealing with their thoughts and beliefs. That really makes sense to me because I do, as I said, I appreciate doctors and I appreciate help yeah. that we get so that we don't jump off the cliff sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I get that. Right. And I, you know, mama's got to take care of their kids and there's things that we got to continue to live yeah. through our healing process. And so, as I said, I like the example of using a Band-Aid because it just helps keep it covered until yep. we can go to the root issue and say, okay, God, how can I bring connection then to my life matrix so that the brain isn't releasing the the, the chemicals that are congruent with good exactly. thoughts. You know, good thoughts that the Bible, yep. as you said, has always said, think about pure, what is right, what is praiseworthy, what is good, what is virtuous. You know, we are told to meditate on these things. Yep. Okay. <sighs> Let's take it then the next step because we got the mind, uh, we got the brain, we got the mind, and then you also differentiate then to the heart as well. Right. The heart, the heart is the seat of our core beliefs about our identity. And then, you know, from identity comes uh, self-image. Then from self-image comes self-worth. And we'll talk about that whole process. Mm -hmm. That's what I call the internal hierarchy. Mm -hmm. This life matrix is actually the life matrix is made up up of four uh, factors that make up the internal hierarchy. That's identity, self-image, self-worth, and self-confidence and the bible addresses all of those and every decision every single decision you get ready to meet every opportunity that comes every threat that comes to you in a nanosecond it filters through who you think you are your self-image your self-worth and your self-confidence and and really it can happen well, it does happen so fast that you very rarely ever realize you're processing that information, but you're going to make your decision based on how that how those four filters uh, make you be- who, who those four filters make you believe you are. You're like a person that doesn't have self confidence. They they may see an opportunity, but then inwardly they may think I'll never I'll never finish it if I start, you know, I, because I never do, and so that so they may lack the confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, Jesus told us something really interesting in Mark four twenty five. He said, whoever has, to him more is given. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Well, the English doesn't do justification to the Greek there because this is not a concept of anything or anybody outside of you giving you more of something or taking something away from you. It's the, it's the process of sowing and reaping because of what's going on inside of you. And... You know, one of the things we understand from that statement is that that uh, uh, whatever my life is, like it or not, I'm going to get more of it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like the way my life is going, uh, you know, I either I've either got to deal with my beliefs or accept where my life is going to go because I'm going to keep on getting more of it. And the reason I'm going to keep getting more of it is because. Uh, of how I'm going to make my decisions because of who I believe I am. And most of us, if we look at our life, we look back and realize I have a repetitive pattern 
of, of really making the same types of decisions or trusting the same types of people or getting into the same type of trap over and over again. Is that because I'm hoping it'll be different this time, that this time it'll, it, you know, I'll get a different result, you know, that it, it'll eventually, like if I do it enough, it, that it will fix itself? You know, I think it's more based on the 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 fact that because because my heart or my my identity uh, alters my perception, I don't see the similarities between this situation and the last situation. Okay, you know, I give I give you an example. You know, when when I was yeah. when I was young, I always ended up in relationships with incredibly codependent women mm-hmm. clinging vine type women so you know i had really low self-worth and um i would meet these girls and you know I, they thought i was wonderful which i eventually came to realize if a if a woman thinks i'm wonderful she's crazy and, I mean, really, I, 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 before I ever got saved, I realized if you think I'm wonderful, man, I need to run. And so, so out of our need, something appeals to us, you know, appeals to our ego. It meets some need in our life. And so because we're getting that need met, we close our eyes to all of the other factors. So, you know, what would always happen it would be I would get into a relationship and uh, you know, you're wonderful would turn into, I need you. I can't live without you. And suddenly I would realize I was in a relationship with a suicidal, uh, depressed, codependent person who, who was threatening to kill themselves if I wouldn't be who they wanted me to be. Wow. And I do it over and over again. Right. And did you keep thinking that the next relationship would not be like that? Well, yeah, you always hope it's not going to be like that. But again, you're blinded by your needs. You're blinded by your lack. And so you just keep making the same decision over and over and over again. And I think that would, yeah, now is the profound thing that's the the switch flipper right there is you're blinded by your needs. And when there is a need, there is like a suction inside of you that you, you just attract all that stuff that you think is going to bring that satisfaction you've always craved or that thing you've always been longing for and it never satisfies. And I think that that black hole, so to speak, that suction of need happens when our matrix is messed up. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we in order to be sane, the, the, the mind has to believe we're right. You know, you've, you've heard me say this, the, the mind seeks to protect the ego because the ego is the false identity. The ego is the mask that we wear. The, the ego is all of the things that we think we do well uh, are the things that define who we are. So the mind is always protecting the ego, whereas the heart is always trying to establish and protect uh, the identity. All right, Jim, I just want to just bring some clarification. If you could help me with this one, because I've been trying to understand the ego and just how that affects our life, because you mentioned the ego is our mask. It's our false identity. And, but you also said it's the things we do well. So that's where I get the disconnect because I want to be able to celebrate the things I do well, but I don't want to 
um, feed my ego, so to speak? You know, the uh, the best way to understand ego is to understand, you know, the uh, how it ha- how it works functionally. Okay. And so, remember, the ego seeks to uh, prove that I'm right. Okay. So, all right. So let, let's look at a let's look at a strength, for example. Okay. Any strength that we have is something that we've learned how to do, and probably in many situations where we're going to use it, it's the it is right. Mm-hmm. It's the right thing to do. It's mm-hmm. the right response. But the problem is, I want to be right all the time. So I might try to use that strength in every single setting that I'm in. And if if in a different setting, there's something else that needs to be done, there's a different way that things need to be handled, I'm going to fight with you because I've got to be right, because this strength's got to be a strength all the time. Okay, so does you, you, it does make sense. Can you use a personal example in you or me or Bob? Like, is there anything that you can help us to bring a life example? Well... Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a, a million examples. You, you know, I had a you real can interesting... Use, you can use me because I like to be right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy in a seminar this weekend, and um, we and we were taking questions, and we were talking about, um, uh, you know, putting off, using EFT to put off uh, any... any emotion you know that 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 comes to you repeatedly or any thought that comes to you repeatedly and so this guy was a former marine had spent time in afghanistan or uh, i can't remember if he's a marine or or army and and he said well you know he said i'm always i'm always vigilant i'm always paying attention to everything around me so he's super observant yeah super observant and he said i'm ready to jump into action at at any Mm -hmm. minute now, see, that's a skill that saved his life in one particular setting. Mm-hmm. But if you come home, and I said, so so when you come home, uh, you do this at home, then this means you're always on your kids about things they need to do to be more careful and to watch for, right? Right. And you and your wife are always arguing because you're creating conflict <laughs> in the home, right? You're reading, right. you're reading his mail at this point. And, yeah, and, and you're always in fight or flight mode. You're always tense and you can never relax, right? Right. And so, so basically, he took this one strength that's a great strength to have, but he wants to use this strength in every single setting, which basically makes him paranoid. Huh. Did you know that I've never heard that definition of ego? Like I have never understood that because I want to see, I want to know my own blind spots. So for instance, I'm something, if you say, well, you're really good at Audrey, I'd say I'm pretty good at forgiving. Like I'm, I'm a pretty mm-hmm. like, and I would say that's a godly characteristic and it should apply to almost every situation. Yep. I would think like, is that ego or is that, what is well, that? Well, um, that's according to how you define forgiveness. Okay. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. So if, if forgiveness is, I want them to like me. If forgiveness <laughs> is everything's all right, oh. then, then that's a oh, problem. Oh, shut are you, up, are you, are you Bob. Bob's it? giving me the burn. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can we talk about Bob now? You know, you're uh, a very, you're thing. a very forgiving person. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. no doubt about that. Right. However, you <laughs> love being loved and being liked. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we uh, we all have and, and you know most of our conflicts with other people 
is that they have an opinion that's different than ours. We need to be right. And, and you know, the, 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 the more or the weaker or the more deficient our identity, self-image, and self-worth, the more areas we need to be right in all the time. Okay, I've got a really good question. If you okay. if you are an opinionated person, does that automatically uh, say that you are an ego driven person? Uh, probably to some degree. It's, it, again, it's according to whether or not you express your opinions in love. It's according to whether uh. or not you always have to express your opinion. It's according to whether or not you get into conflict with people that disagree with your opinion. So so remember, no hmm. one thing. No, no one behavior def- per se defines you as having an ego problem. It's, it's like I say, it's, it's how, whether or not you have to do that all the time, whether or not you have to be right. It's, the, it's really the overuse, and particularly when this overuse is because it's designed or it's connected to your self-worth and your identity. This is very intriguing to me. Is a selfish person always have ego issues? Always. What uh, and see, remember, ego, which always looks like, uh, which is always coming across like pride. As a matter of fact, pride itself is always has its roots in low self worth. It's it's a compensation tool for the fact that I don't really feel that good about myself. I don't accept myself. I don't love myself. I don't believe that people love me. I don't feel loved. So self-worth um, issues is always the root of any kind of pride issues. Yep. So how would you give someone a selfish test? How would you how would you help someone to see their own selfishness? I'm asking this because I'll have people in front of us where I have a man and a woman and one of them is being very selfish and I want to ask mm-hmm. them some kind of question or how can I have them look at themselves and see that? What would you do? Well, before I answer that question, let me ask a question that you're not asking, which makes should make people see the you know, the extreme importance to this. You remember, you know, Jesus talked about mammon, Mm -hmm. and we tend to always translate mammon as money. And and he says, you know, you can't love, you can't serve God and serve mammon. He says, because you're going to hate one and despise the other. And, uh, but mammon is not money. Mm -hmm. Mammon is selfishness and greed. And so, so he's saying, now it, it, it plays into money, but it plays into a lot of other things. So he's saying, you know, when, when you have a lust that has to be gratified, this, you know, and it, it manifests in greed or any, time, any form of selfishness or avarice, then, then uh, you can't serve God because you're serving yourself. Hmm. Now, you couple that with what with what uh, Anton LaVey, the high priest of the Satanist church, says, and he says that the purest form of Satan worship is not bowing down to the devil, but the purest form of Satan worship is self-centeredness. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, Satan doesn't need for you to worship him he just needs for you to worship yourself. He needs he needs for you to be selfish because you can't serve God and selfishness at the same time. But can you understand why these are important questions if we're talking about self-worth and identity? Because there's that's where the mix-up comes in because we're like, okay, we're going to spend episode upon episode talking about developing and understanding 
your self-worth, but isn't that just worshiping myself and being self-centered? Like, I, I, I know, I, like, I'm just saying that this no, is no, going to be a saying. natural disconnect no. for some one of our listeners. Well, it, it, see, this gets back to the source. And see, identity, and, and, and we'll dive into it. We won't this week, but we'll, we'll dive a lot into identity just in a, in, a, in a session or two. And, you know, identity, what makes it destructive for you and for people around you is what's your source? Is God your source? Or are you making people your source? So if you're making people your source of identity, self-image, and self-worth, then to feel good about yourself, people have to do what you want. They have to give in to you. They have to cater to you. They have to make over you. They have to compliment you. They have, you know, all of these kinds of things. And so, uh, and, 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 and you know, see, God is the only one who loves us so consistently that it never changes. Therefore, when God is our source, there is no fluctuating. You know, you, you guys have known me for, you know, 30 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know it, it doesn't matter if we're doing a television program where we're talking to hundreds of thousands of people. It doesn't matter if we're in a meeting with five people. It doesn't matter if I'm in a meeting with thousands of people. You know, am I the same in all of those? Or does one of them, you know, meet some need in me that 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 makes me have to jump up and, you know, be there and try to have those kinds of meetings and try to have that kind of crowd? Never. You know, I have never seen any never, any disconnect. No. And you're the same around our kitchen table as you are in front of thousands of people as you are right this second. Like, mm-hmm. and, and see, when God's our source, it doesn't matter for for a preacher if he's preaching to you know ten people in a room or he's preaching to ten thousand people in a room. If God's your source. It doesn't matter if if people around you notice and compliment you, because because inwardly you have that sense of satisfaction. You're so really doing so good. You're really helping all, us understand. It's all about who is our source, who who is defining our identity, who is who is uh, influencing our self image, and who are we looking to to, to love us and make us feel valuable and you know what i sorry i'm doing one more thing just Mm -hmm. because this is you can tell i'm very passionate about understanding this because i wrote that book like yourself and love your life and people say wow see if you misinterpreted that title you'd say wow that's an ego driven you know like yourself and love your Mm -hmm. life and to to be honest it was risky it was daring it was scary for me to even title the book and then i wanted to make a cute little cover and then they wanted me to put my pick on the front i'm like are you kidding me like that it actually was extremely extremely humbling to say okay fine you know put my picture on there but it it, it gives it can it can be read wrong now now the reason i say that is because i talked to you when i was writing that book about five years ago and i said what do i do with this the selfishness question like what is the difference and you said something i'll never forget and i just want to remind our listeners of it and then just remind you is that you said you can test your selfishness by how do people feel after they've been around you or with you? Do they feel more valuable or do they feel less valuable? Because if you're around people and then they you leave someone's presence and you feel less important or valuable, that means that they've had to be the valuable one. But if people leave your presence feeling extremely valuable, then then you have given something from a source that's not your own. And, you know, we could even take that a little more personal and just say, 
when I'm around people, is it more important to me that I feel valuable or that they feel That's valuable? That's an excellent question. That that kind of that kind of simplifies it mm-hmm. just a little bit. And again, what that helps us understand is who you know who is our source. Now keep in mind that that when 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 Jesus told us how to understand all of the commandments, he said, "Hang all the law, all the prophets on this: loving God with your all your heart." So God's got to be valuable, you know, valuing God, holding Him in high regard. You know, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then he said, and then you've got to uh, have value, you know, for your neighbor. But then he also said, you've got to have value for yourself. So, you know, um, uh, we can't, for example, a person who doesn't have self-respect never has has respect for other people. People who never have self-worth, who don't have self-worth, never build up the self-worth of other people because we can't give what we don't have. But if we're defining love based on the way that God defines love, then we're realizing the value for me, when I say love myself, the value for me is to value myself the way God values me, not value myself based on my accomplishments, not value myself based on you know, how many followers I have on Facebook, not value myself by, by how much money I make, but I, but I feel as valuable to God as Jesus because that's the price he paid for me. Mm-hmm. Jim, we, we, I, I kind of see this as, as four foundations, uh, you know, like, like the legs of a chair, identity, self-image, self-worth, and self-confidence. Can you... Um, develop one area more than another? Uh, like, can you have more self-confidence than, than you would possibly, you know, your self-image or, or identity? Well, because or is it more of a progression? But, well, it, it, because it's a continuum. Okay. And here's, here's where people, I, I, I think, that understand the need for self-worth, uh, if you kind of get kind of get off the rails a little bit if self-worth doesn't begin with identity Hmm. then it will not be an organic growth from from uh uh, because identity is where we establish our source Mm -hmm. and if we don't properly establish our source then god god might be a factor Mm -hmm. but he won't be the source the 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 factor the source yeah Mm -hmm. So, so you know the way we're going to run at this as we're sharing this with people is is, is we're going to we're going to run at this in a way that that uh, takes them through this progress in a way that if you start at the right place and just make the journey is really you, you can't go wrong. But let, let me just mention this: we we started on this and somehow I think I got off track. But all right, so so the mind needs to be right. Mm-hmm. So. If the mind needs to be right, then whatever I believe about myself, whatever my whatever my matrix is, whatever my internal hierarchy, identity, self-image, self-worth, self-confidence is, then my mind needs for me to interpret everything in the world around me in a way that says my view of me is right. So uh, because of this, we subconsciously 
always create a world, always are attracted to people and situations, always make decisions in a way that will verify that who we believe we are is right, yeah. is true. And that's not wow. just in a positive sense, meaning, no. uh, you know, I'm a str- uh, uh, coming from a strong point of view, but it can also come from a real brokenness, you know, of, of where I feel unlovable, undesirable, you know, um, and then I will, you know, create those to affirm to what I believe about myself to be true, uh, because that's, you see, I am right. You know, I am unlovable. Right. I am undesirable. And so, absolutely. Yeah, this works both and positive as, as, and negative. Correct. And as painful as that is, it is it is easier to live with not being loved than it is to live with the internal conflict that comes from being wrong. Wow, sorry, that, that's just settling in. That is a pretty big concept. All right, the internal conflict, all right? So, so I'm being loved on the, on the outside, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay? But I'm feeling unlovable on the inside. You're mm-hmm. saying that so, that conflict is, or that friction, that conflict is harder to live with. Than just saying, than, don't love me. Than experiencing being unloved on the outside and on the inside. So then you sabotage it and say, just reject me because that's what yeah. I deserve Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question. Okay. It's like, you, know, you guys have worked with, you know, hundreds of couples. So what does the person who doesn't feel loved, what do they do in their relationships? Sabotage it every, every time. time. They're, 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 they're doing things to drive that person away or whatever it is. Got to get, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm going to make sure that they don't love me. Because I don't, I'm not worth that love right. anyway. And then they wonder why things go wrong. And it's such an, you know, you see why this life matrix concept and this internal hierarchy is so valuable for us to restore or fix or I don't know what word you're going to use to to to, right. to adjust this or whatever. But it does need to be done in order for us to love life around us. We got to love life within us. It, yeah, it's got to start with the end. You know, there's this thing we've all talked about called secondary gain, and so. And, and, you know, th- these things that we do, these sabotage things we do, they're all subconscious. N- nobody is walking around saying, I believe I'll just blow up my marriage. <laughs> yes, or no. I-, I believe I'll get fired today so that I can, you know, end up committing suicide later. Yeah. You know? no. uh, but but it's, all su- it's all so incredibly, incredibly um, subconscious. Uh, but we, we, it, see, if we push past the boundaries... In other words, if we create a life that's better than our sense of who we are, better than we deserve, mm-hmm. better than better than we believe that 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 we should live, then and you know people will people will every now and then you know they'll 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 date somebody that's not crazy, mm-hmm. you know they'll they'll uh, they'll get a job that's better than anything they've ever had. They'll pays more money you, you than know, they've ever experienced before. Yeah. Right, something will happen. So, so whenever we push beyond these bound beyond these boundaries that are, then we start feeling this incredible amount of stress. And hmm. in, 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 internally, we don't know why, but you know that's that kind of feeling like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for things to go wrong. It never works out anyhow. So you know all these things are going on. So, so you know we will always then. 
experience something that causes us to fall back within the realm of our normal. And so once that happens, again, because we got self-worth problems, we never naturally look inwardly and say, okay, what are my beliefs? Then this is where we start looking outward to find someone to blame, something outside of us. We take a defensive. Every time. We all yeah, do it. I a, do that. We take a defensive posture. And so, and so uh, again, that's part of subconsciously protecting the ego. I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus everywhere except the only place that I can make any difference whatsoever. So, uh, so, so we just, you know, we occasionally break through the glass ceiling, but we always go back to, to the boundaries that define who we believe we are. And this is, this is an ongoing um, process throughout our entire lives. I don't believe we ever stop um, asking those tough questions in times of where am I, where do I, am I experiencing limiting beliefs? And I actually, I, I think a lot in visuals or pictures that helps me to understand what's going on. But correct me if I'm wrong, but tell me if this is what you mean. Like a, about a week and a half ago, we were with um, a couple and, and this one person was asking very pointed questions in a really good way, like challenging my belief system. Like, do you really, you know, I see what you're doing. Do you believe that possibly you were made for something like this? And he was pointing to something of a higher influence or something like that. And I said, you know, he says, why you're not experiencing that because there's part of you that doesn't believe that or something. So he was, you know, going in this direction. And I really did sense not just from him, but that, you know, because we, we've, um, we've just been making transitional changes in our life, things like this are going to happen. But I actually sensed it was like a a wind, so to speak, a favor of just influence coming towards us. And so I was just excited. And I, my heart said, of course, I want to believe for, for more influence and helping more people. That's the cry of my heart. Yes. But then the next in the next couple of days, and this is what I'm getting to, something happened. And I felt like something was, if a wind was coming from a great direction, something stood in the way to block the wind. And what I felt it was, was past disappointment. I felt like disappointment wanted to come in there and say, don't get your hopes up, girl, because you've tried this before and this is what's going to happen because it happens every single time. So I recognized a limiting belief mm-hmm. that that is saying, you know, don't don't even think about it, you know, because that's not going to happen. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? It, it absolutely can be. You know, you know here... What I'm about to say next is probably really challenging to grasp. I mean, I, I, I have to watch it in my own life. As we go through this, we're going to learn a lot about the conscience. And, and the Bible actually warns us in, uh, in protecting our conscience to be careful in what we give ourselves permission to do. Now, I always want to minister to a person in a way that gives them hope in a way that points them to God as their source uh, so that they can overcome any any limitations that they have. But actually, I'm, I'm real careful about, uh, about defining where a person needs to be at this moment in time, you know, where they need to be in their health or their prosperity or even though I know what the promises of God are and I always want to inspire them to move in that direction um, 
you know, we're all making this journey. And and if we're if we're if we're giving people the tools and giving people the encouragement, that person, for example, in your situation, even though there may be a limit in belief, there, and that's fine. You know, you you know, you you sort that out. Right. But the but the real truth is, uh, we we have to be careful in defining where somebody else needs to be just because of where we are. Interesting. And so it's almost so, a judgment. It's almost like. If you really believe this, why aren't you living yeah. like this? Right. You know, uh, you, you know, in the area of health, anytime I face a health challenge, one of the very first things I do, I do some heart work, and I'm like, does this, it, does this have an emotional root or a physical roof, root? You know, does this involve beliefs, or is this totally a physical thing? And, you know, there's times that I'll identify that it that has emotional root and I might have some limiting belief. And when that's the case, I come out of it by dealing with it that way. There's been many times, though, it's like, it's like no, this is absolutely physical. And so, you, so I have to take a more physical route. Well, it'd be easy for a person who knows a little something about the heart from the outside to look in and say, well, see, you've got a heart belief. That's why you're sick. Well, you know, that's really a judgment because when you assume yeah. to know why, when you assume to know why anybody does anything. So the paradox is that we we want to be incredibly encouraging about who people are. We want to be incredibly encouraging about who God is to them, but we can't define for anybody else where they need to be in the process because they're overcoming a past that we know nothing about. That is such wisdom. I think that that is so good. That really helps me. Because as you said, I'm happy to deal with limiting beliefs. You know, absolutely. I don't ever want to disappointment. And I, as I shared this with some of my friends, it was a young girl that um, was 25 years old. And she had, you know, a few years ago, gotten divorced at a very young age and has a little child. And when I shared that, she goes, wow, disappointment limits my beliefs too. Like disappointment limits my beliefs on what God can do in my life. I think disappointment can limit a lot of us, you know, yep. with, and so it's good to talk about that and do that. But I love how you're sorting it through that wisdom is that we really do judge. And ultimately we measure a lot the way the world measures. And we literally yep. are live in this world, but we're not of this world. So who are we to judge how things are measured right. from an eternal perspective? And so, you know, what, what we want to do with people through these broadcasts is, is we want to give them the tools to understand how to make this journey in identity, self-image, self-worth, and self-confidence. But we also want them to be incredibly comfortable with where they are in the journey. Yes. You know, you know, we encourage the people uh, to check out uh, our, uh, you know, the EFT video, which, by the way, you know, through your website, people can actually get the entire biblically-based EFT course. They can order it right through your website. But, uh, you know, the... the um, to to set up to to give yourself a treatment in EFT, you start with uh, with this acknowledgement. Even though I whatever it is, I deeply love and completely accept myself. And the concept is there. And and of course we have a you know thing a thing that we teach you to do to kind of reprogram these signals that are going to your brain. But you you have to start every uh, every step that you take has to start from the perspective of. You know, I'm loved by God, and I'm going to choose to love myself. I'm going to choose to accept myself. I can't start 
any journey from the place of fear and rejection. Mm-hmm. Jim, we've we've really touched a lot of hot buttons today, mm-hmm. if I can say it that way. Um, a lot of this has to do, I think, with the global beliefs that we have, you know, the beliefs of our heart that a lot of times we're really even unaware of, but we're seeing the effects of them and getting back to, you know, the matrix, you know, that's where we began today's broadcast mm-hmm. is, is the matrix by which everything in life, you know, is, is, uh, being organized or being fed through and, and, these are today i i think many people are finding a lot of things very very challenging mm-hmm. and what we're where we're at right now is that i don't want anyone to ever feel or sense a, a, a an idea of condemnation or self-condemnation that i'm not where i need to be or i'm less than what i should be that's not yeah. what this is about but i'm feeling that the the whole concept of being inspiring you know, to have those inspiring conversations, you know, with others, but even more with yourself. Mm-hmm. And to be able to really embrace the truth of, of what God says about me. Mm-hmm. And even though it might be opposing to my present circumstance, but that's where I begin to experience His grace. And, that, and that's where true transformation begins to happen is that exchange of my life for his. And even in our previous broadcast, we, we, we brought in that, you know, I am a new creation. You know, the old is gone and the new has come. And there's several ways you can respond um, as you're listening to this. You can go to livetransform.com. And just simply, there's there's quite a few products that would be related to what we're talking about today. You know, even just the power of making a decision is one. My book, Like Yourself, Love Your Life, would be another one. Another one, um, Dignity, Value, and Worth, Jim. That's your your CD series. I'm sure that would be a great added one. Right, right. Dignity and Worth, the Life Matrix. Okay, Dignity and Worth, the Life Matrix. Now they can do that, but then. For the listener today, we always love to stop and say, okay, can't wait for next week. Seriously, can't wait for, for the next episode. And I'm really, Good. we're really going to dive into identity and self-worth and self-confidence. And, yep. But I want to know, um, in relation to what we were talking about today, what could we do? Um, we've got to find some way. As a matter of fact... I'll tell you what we can do. We can just start by actually using that EFT setup phrase of even though I, whatever, yeah. even though I struggle with whatever, yeah. I, I deeply love and completely accept myself. And so every time you realize that there's something negative that mm, you're viewing about one, yourself, yeah. just start by just remind yourself, even though I have this and, and you know, <laughs> You know, we come to the place where we realize, even though I have this, God still deeply loves me and cares for me. I'm still valuable to God. I love it. And I just want to encourage you as a listener, go to the website, Live Transform, and you can watch a free video, a free download of Dr. Jim Richards just explaining what EFT looks like. Um, it's a tapping exercise to get to the meridians of, of who you are. You know what, Jim, the only problem with what you're asking us to do is that I've been doing that the last few weeks quite diligently. 
you know, when I'm feeling impatient, even though I'm feeling impatient mm-hmm. in that. When we're ev- standing in the in lines uh, at in the lines. airports. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like EFT in it all the way. And Bob goes, <laughs> man, Audrey, what did I do this time? I'm like, it's not about you. I'm just, I have to tap this out, man. I'm just tapping it out. <laughs> it's just that I can't do it secretly. Sometimes I have to do it under the table or something like that. But anyway, right. that's just the humorous side of that whole thing. But it's, it's really working for me and really helping me. So thank you for that. Good deal. Good. Well, I believe today's episode has been extremely helpful for all of us. I want you to feel how extravagantly loved you are by God. I want yes. you to begin to experience that love and and to know the truth of your identity, you know, of your dignity, your value and worth. You know, that though let those truths be established in you, your self image, your self worth, and your self confidence. And we would like to just really intentionally and with all our hearts thank you dr jim mm-hmm. for your friendship but most of all just even for developing heart fix, physics that you know life renewal program where we can really help to transform any aspect of our life through changing the beliefs of our heart that has really been a great help to us personally and i encourage our listeners to, to go to that place too all right so let's stay connected you know there's uh, uh links below uh this podcast that you can you know connect with live transform we can connect you to dr jim richards and impact ministry and we want to do all that we can to connect you to the love of God. And to life, mm-hmm. love the life around you by starting with the love and the life within you. Good. Yep. We'll see you next Jim, week. thanks so much. Have a great You're week. You're welcome. Enjoyed it. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time here on Live Transformed.